Welcome to Have You Got Your Shit Together with me, Caitlin Orion, the podcast that celebrates not having your shit together. On today's episode, we have Nathan, aka Anyone the Wanderer. He is a jazz, soul, and hip hop inspired musician hailing from Wolverhampton. Anyone has been described as a musical alchemist, mixing genres to create unique signature sounds. He describes himself as a dream wanderer, dedicated to self-exploration and challenging our perception of normality through dreams, nightmares, myth and reality. He is part of the MOBO Top 10 Unsung Class of 2023, featuring incredible emerging artists who are on the path to becoming some of the most exciting breakthrough acts in music. Make sure you check out his latest single, New Whip Who Dis, which is a celebration of new achievements and sharing those moments of success with friends. It was written with manifestation in mind. He was such a joy and a laugh to talk to. This really is a hug of an episode. Hope you enjoy it. Here's Anyone the Wanderer. So, hey, Nathan. Hello. <laughs> Where are you based? You're in Wolverhampton? Yes. Where the magic happens. The Midlands. Yep. Yeah. Where the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't say I've been through there much. I've been to like Birmingham once or twice. But yeah, never been to Wolverhampton. You know the funny thing? People mm-hmm. always mistake Birmingham and Wolverhampton. It's like people will say that I'm from Birmingham. I'm not from Birmingham. And for those Birmingham Let's just people, make this clear. <laughs> yeah, Birmingham being the second city, the real truth behind it all is that Wolverhampton came first. Okay. And Wolverhampton set Birmingham up during the, what would you call it? The factory warehouse days. I don't know okay. what the days are Industrial called. Industrial revolution. Industrial yeah. revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So technically Wolverhampton should be the second city. All right. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> So Nathan, um, on a scale of shit to together, how are you feeling today? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling very shit ever. Okay. Yeah, more uh-huh. shit than together. Okay. What's a bit of both, I guess. What's what's led you to feel like that? I guess progression in life means that I must be doing something right. Uh-huh. But the fact that there's so much that I have to do because <laughs> of doing something right is throwing me off the rails. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it. Yeah. And you literally just broke your mic before you came to join yeah. us. So that's I was that's tidying a great up. Moment. I heard a drop and I thought, oh, it's just it's just dropped. It's fine. Yeah. And literally minutes before setting up, I picked up the mic because it detached from its stand and I looked inside and I noticed the um the diaphragm. I noticed the diaphragm inside the mic. Yeah. was not standing anymore oh, shit. and so then when i tried to turn it up to hear if it could still record sound all i could hear was outside oh no yeah. <laughs> it sounded like wind it's a great start <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. Wow. that's my day okay so on that then what does having your shit together mean to you i don't know i feel like having your shit together is an illusion mm. simply because every time i felt like ooh. I've got it together. I've found something <laughs> that has let me know that I really haven't. Uh, There's always yeah. that new challenge like, oh, you think you got your shit together? Okay. And then boom, all this mm. shit starts raining down like a mountain of doo-doo. And you realise, oh, <laughs> there's a lot more that I need to learn. Yeah. However, <laughs> I feel that I tend to measure things 
on what I consider as success. Right. And that to me is having my shit together because I'm in a field that is just very commonly known to be unsuccessful. It's the mm. have you got a real job aspect yep. of the field. Can relate. And so, yeah, when I can see results that I've intended to gain come to fruition, I think that's mm. me having my shit together. And that's when I'm smiling, I feel confident. And I buy myself a rum as a tr- <laughs> Listen, so every time I've got yeah. a bottle of rum, I think I've got my shit together. <laughs> you have to mark these successes somehow. Really do. We really do. So for people who don't know, then what would you describe your job as your career? What do you do? So have you I, got a real job? <laughs> I'm a musician uh-huh. and a creative. Yeah. Um, the reason I have to use both terms is because I treat music as something very multidisciplinary. Mm-hmm. And so I've had a little bit of experience in acting, just throwing it in there. Oh, sorry, I'm, triple threat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been doing that acting as well, so you know. Uh, <laughs> takes one to know on verbs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can be or not to be every now and then, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, um, I've studied loads of different creative fields, like videography, painting, mm. music, and they all tie together to create... And so, yeah, that makes me a creative. I love that. I think I think there's a tendency, especially in the UK, to have to like choose one thing and just identify as that thing. Whereas, you know, places like America, you get way more intersectionality between like acting and music and just creativity, I guess. Arguably, I'd say that you have to be so many different things now. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe back in the 90s, it was where everyone could be one role. Like, yeah. Uh, a singer was just a singer and then they had a full team of people. But now if you're a singer, you've got to be a singer, a marketer, a lawyer, a producer. Yeah, so true. <laughs> you've got to be everything. You've got that's to wear so, so many different hats just to get somewhere. Yeah. And it's not just in the creative field either. Like you could be working for Starbucks, but all of a sudden you're a toilet cleaner. Yeah. And you're a, a psychologist for people who are having one of them type of days and all sorts. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. Okay, then, before this podcast, we asked you to think of an object that makes you feel like you've got your shit together. Yes. What is that object, please? Before I tell you what the object is, I want to say I knew that I didn't have my shit together this morning because I was looking for it and couldn't find it. <laughs> and I was worried that I so lost it. one of those it. days. <laughs> is it the so microphone? Running... <laughs> no, oh, imagine. <laughs> yeah, so I was looking around the house for it. But what my object is, yeah. is this little charm here. Okay. And... The person inside the charm, this is a... So it's like a little it's wooden Mayan. oval. I'm just describing yeah, it a little bit. It's Mayan or Native American. It's uh-huh. a wooden charm. Yeah. And inside is a person playing a flute. Oh, and yeah. And that person is the god known as Kokopelli. Cool. And Kokopelli is the god of music, mischief and love. Wow. I'm that seeing a bit of all of that in you, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that encapsulates me quite well. My girlfriend bought me this. Uh-huh. And it used to be attached to a chain, but that snapped off in a, a fight that I wasn't a part of. Okay. I was just there. <laughs> and so what I tend to do is every gig I go to, I, I place it on the keyboard because <gasps> it fits nicely between the two keys. And uh-huh. one, it lets me know what part of the keyboard I'm playing from because yeah. some have different key layouts. Mm. And I use it to just keep me calm it's like my lucky charm and so wow. if I'm feeling nervous I can just get this place on the keyboard and I know that I'm about to I'm about to make shit happen you know I what I mean that. that's so cute <laughs> like a little mascot yeah yeah shout out Coca Pelli. 
Yeah. Well, don't lose it again. Keep it where you can see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to pin it to a wall. <laughs> Can you tell us about a time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together? So at the start of this month, I got my first car. <gasps> oh yeah. my God. That's yes. adult. Yes. I'm doing yeah. adult shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so it's, it's even to the point where like, I'm trying to force errands onto myself just so I can drive around. <laughs> Picking up random people, take them where they yeah. need to go. Well, yeah. I did go past somebody the other day. It was late. And they uh-huh. were just walking on the side of a like a an big dual carriageway. And wow. I thought people don't usually walk here. Yeah. Ah, I sped up a little bit. I'm not doing the strangest thing, just in case. You know what the world's like today. I was fully waiting for you to like pick up someone out of charity there. Uh, but yeah, wow. I think definitely this month is where I feel like I've really got my shit together. Mm-hmm. Simply because, you know, I can do school runs without having to catch the bus. Yeah. Uh, in between that, if I need to do something, I'm very able to do all these things now. Yeah. I've even done the London journey already. <gasps> like in a car? The first day, yeah. The first wow. day I got my car, I drove to Birmingham. Yeah. And a few days ago, I've done two journeys to London, one with friends, one on my own. So I feel wow. like I'm, I'm conquering the world right now. Yeah. How long is that drive? Uh, It's about three hours, I'd say. Did you stop off anywhere for like a little sandwich? I did, simply because I felt myself falling asleep. <laughs> And I know that's dangerous, so yeah. I took responsibility. Wow, and... he's a responsible driver. <laughs> yeah, because I thought even attempting to power through it is just yeah. too risky. Mm-hmm. I enjoy living, so I'm going <laughs> to you know keep myself alive for a bit longer. And so, yeah, taking stops. Um, mm. I think I needed a stop to have a doo-doo the yep. last time as well. Yeah, it's got to happen sometimes. Imagine being on the motorway, no service stations, and you need to do-doo. That... Nah. Hell, hell. I've heard stories. Not, Literally not, not having your shit together. Yeah. I've heard people have wet themselves because they just they just have to. Very close people to me. I can't expose them, but you know. <laughs> That's not even a friend of a friend story. That's just a friend story. You, yeah. you you have the receipts. So having a car makes you feel like you've got your shit together. Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no longer the passenger. Yeah. Although I keep on every time I go up to the car, I keep going to the passenger side and not realizing that I'm the driver <laughs> of the vehicle. Made to be driven, babes. Um, <laughs> how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am 32 years of 32. old. 32. Okay. So, yes. so yeah, you're old enough to have a car. Then. Oh <laughs> it's yeah. Been a while. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I can't drive. Like I'm 28, and I've had about 20 driving lessons, and yeah, I've never taken a test. So like Where I can't. I can drive, just not legally. That's like <laughs> my go-to. Like just yeah. every time that it's come to a point of me taking a test, I've like had to leave the city or. Like, yeah. I've just not been there. And also, when you live in London, you literally just don't need a car. Not at um, all. But then when I go no. home to, like, Oldham, which is just outside of Manchester, I feel so fucking disconnected. And yeah. I suddenly feel like a child again because I'm, like, having to rely on other people to come and pick me up. So, <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Imagine so... me doing that, but I'm a parent as well, so... <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, it's such an honour being able to take my daughter on the oh, school wow. run and to pick her up again. 
Yeah. She's got her nice chauffeur. <gasps> play classical music as we go. Do you? Or we play the, the times table song so that she's got her maths on, in check. Yeah. Get you a guy who can do both, teaching and driving. <laughs> 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 okay, then, in opposition to that, a time in your life where you felt like you really didn't have your shit together. Oh. This is a, yeah, we have to take it there. I'd have to say around 2015 when mm-hmm. I was going through depression. Okay. And it's obvious that it comes with the territory. But mm-hmm. I think when you're in that type of state of mind and existence, everything just feels like it's crashing down. Yeah. And I was my behaviour was very self-destructive, but I was never in the position of realising that I was doing that to myself as well. Yeah. And so... I think it was one of my most teaching moments and I'm mm. like I'm the most grateful for that moment strangely enough I think the most what's the word I'm going to say catastrophic things really imprint on us yeah. and the fact that I managed to you know really grow and come back with strength and wisdom from all of that yeah. is the reason why I'm able to somewhat have my shit together yeah, in short yeah. But yeah, I think most definitely um, around those times, I ended up homeless for a while. I I had issues with drugs. I mm. had issues with obviously my mental health and just, I couldn't really achieve anything. I remember I even got in trouble with bank debts where I put my trust into an actual con artist, like a fraudster. I knew that's what they did. But for some yeah. reason, I didn't think it was going to happen to me. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that's what I mean by all the self-destructive yeah. things. Like I threw myself into a, a lot of deaths. And I just put myself in a position where I felt like there wasn't any way out of it. Yeah. And from being that low and still managing to survive somehow, I just know that, you know, we can get through anything as people. We're really resilient and... You know, any challenge that's going to come to us is going to give us a great lesson. And by all means, you know, it will never forget it. So I will never forget being in that mental state and physical state and financial state. And, you know, learning from it and prospering Mm. through it. Yeah. It was great. (laughs) The best, worst experience ever. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you went through that. Um, when you were at that time, what was it that like got you through and what, what ultimately helped you to get out of that period? Oh, I guess one thing was just like, there's a saying that when you've hit rock bottom, you can like, there's one about lying on your back. And looking up and seeing the stars. It was that kind of feeling like I've reached the lowest point now. Mm. And I'm not getting any lower, which is relaxing for one. (laughs) You know, I got to sit in that space for a bit and become comfortable with it. And I guess there was no more room for any negative feelings or experiences or perceptions. And so I, I think I was ready to take on something that was different. And to, you know, reconfigure how things were. And so around about that time, I started reading a graphic novel by Mm. Neil Gaiman called The Sandman. That 
that completely changed my perspective for how I was seeing music and how I wanted to continue to pursue my career in music because at so? that time at that time I just wanted to quit yeah. I thought that everything I was doing musically was problematic and it was because I had the understanding that you know like to be a musician to be a popular musician I wasn't popular at the time but I understood that if you become a popular musician you have an influence over so many people mm. and with that you are potentially guiding their thoughts and feelings and so the place that I was in like everything I was writing was so negative and angry and yeah I just thought if I put this out and this energy what am I going to do to the rest of the world like I felt like the devil was in what I was doing so I'd be then sending the devil onto people wow. and so um this graphic novel mm. kind of allowed me to see so many perspectives and locations that I could link to emotions mm. that I was really inspired and it inspired me to adapt how I do my music mm. to traverse these locations like it's about Morpheus Morpheus is the anthropomorphic personification of dreams say that and so <laughs> Did you just ask me to say that again? Because I can't. Say that quicker. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anthrop- <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, so Dream is traversing all these places, yeah. presenting himself in the form of whatever he's in front of, identifying mm. with. And so there's scenes where if he's talking to like an alien species, he appears as that species. If he's talking to cats, he appears as a cat. Mm. And he just meets people in their spaces and goes through all these stories and I found it really inspiring and it gave me justification for how I can adapt to music and so instead of rejecting what I was creating and seeing it as so negative I realized that it's something that allows me to meet people if they're feeling that way and so yeah. I'd meet them in that space and then allow them the space to traverse it and not in the nature of you know being that kind of preacher and saying you must change you need to this and that it's just mm. I see you here and there are directions that you can go from here you just need to look out into beyond the abyss yeah. And so I started writing in that nature. I changed my name to Anyone the Wanderer, which is the anyone part is being able to meet people as they are and being able to adapt to different moods or philosophies within mm. music and not being boxed just to one personality. Yeah. And the Wanderer, spelt with an O instead of an A, is the idea of traversing the mind and the feelings. Wow. And so, yeah, that was the inspiration taken from the Sandman graphic novels. And another thing that brought that change was having my daughter. Mm-hmm. I guess... Just before she was born, I was going even more crazy than before. But yeah. what I didn't realise it was the process of nesting, they call it. Wow. Where that kind of goes all wild and it's like <laughs> just panicking because there's the new life about to enter the world. <laughs> but just before she was born, I was like, okay, let me actually focus. And I yeah. started to calm myself back down because I was I was off the rails. But I started calming myself back down. Me and my partner, bless her, we've been on and off for so many years. Mm. And she was very patient with me during this. And as soon as our daughter was born, it was just like, right, 
I'm a father now and mm. I'm going to do what I can to bring a blessed life to this child. Yeah. This is our second child. And so the first child, we were both kids and we were both immature. Yeah. And so we were learning how to get things right. <laughs> this time around, I guess I still had traumas that I hadn't dealt with. And so I gotten past those and realized mm. that, you know, if we don't come to peace with our traumas, we pass it on. Mm. And I realized, and my partner realized that we were reliving our parents' traumas and oh. their issues. Mm. And so we both managed to get past that. And we got somewhat over our own traumas. I know there's still little things we have in our personality, but that's just emotions, which is okay. Mm. And we managed to, you know, come together and do better for our children. And so the the lowest moment of not having my shit together led to me getting my shit together wow that's that's so amazing thank you for all of that it sounds like kind of when you're in the most chaos it was like having a sense of purpose that regrounded you so like the music being a purpose and your daughter being a purpose as well like feeling like you can contribute something I guess which helps with worth maybe a sense of self-worth I think when you're in a dark place that's when you feel the most worthless so to have like a project to work on or something to prepare for or a responsibility like a daughter it sounds like that's what helped you yeah and I think everybody has their narrative and their focus point into what they put into their content Mm. and mine is definitely to do with knowing your own worth Mm. because I think I spent a lot of years not understanding my worth and trying to find that in other people. And unfortunately, I'm going to say it, I'm going to blow my own trumpet. I'm a, I'm quite a talented lad. and <laughs> You are. <laughs> um, there were people that would feel threatened by me and try yeah. and downplay what I was in order to feel better about themselves. Yeah. But in a place of vulnerability in myself, you know, I took on that. I believed that and yeah. didn't have any value for myself. And so Mm. I feel that I definitely found my worth. And what I find interesting is that it was all like calm in the, is it calm after the storm? I'm thinking of the tornado, the eye of the tornado in the very center is very- Is it the eye of the hurricane? Oh no. I feel like in the middle of a tornado (laughs) is like hectic as fuck. But then in the center, isn't it really quiet? It just says. I'm probably just making up shit. (laughs) But yeah, I found calm in in the storm, in a disastrous thing, in the center of a tornado that had its eye. And no, the eye of the tornado in the film Uh is where everything freezes. Eye of the tiger? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I found the eye of the tiger and then ran up some stairs and did some shadow boxing for a bit. And then everything was great. Famously, that works. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Three things that make you feel like shit. Not knowing my worth. Yeah. Well, not not knowing my worth. Feeling worthless. Yes. Makes me feel like shit without yeah. fail. Uh-huh. Um, not being able to keep my word. Okay. If I've let somebody down, that's mm. like that to me is the worst dishonor that I can do. Wow. Um, if I've lied to somebody or anything like that, I just feel so guilty. Like mm. as a child, I didn't even need to get beaten much. Black parents, they used to beat the kids. I didn't get beaten much because as soon as I'd let my mum down, that's it. I'm flooding with tears. And it was because... Beating yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I try to be as honourable as possible. And if yeah. I haven't done that, I feel like absolute shit. Yeah. And third, a lack of computer games. Uh-huh. Sometimes I just need some computer games in my life. You need to, to you ta- know, tap out to, sometimes, go to a different yeah. realm. 
about that life yeah and not doing music as well okay um there was a point in my life where I tried to put music aside mm. because it's that get a real job thing and all of that yeah. and so I thought okay I need to prioritize trying to get into the work field of other things and put music to one side mm-hmm. and I became even more depressed yeah. and realized that I can't live without it I've put everything into this just creativity as a whole I reckon yeah it's such um, an outlet isn't it it's such an outlet yeah. and like therapy yeah. if if that's the way that you communicate your feelings and stuff like that to not have that would feel like such a loss yeah I feel yeah. like I always say that musicians and creatives are the people that create like we voice things that people don't know how to voice we take emotions wow. and, and turn it into art for yeah. people to then better understand what it is they're feeling and so that's like me taking away my voice and mm, so mm-hmm. I feel shit if I can't make music. Yeah. And I want to know what yours are. <laughs> That's a separate podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ant. Hey. You do a great job in editing this podcast, might I say. If people like the podcast, what do they need to do? Like it. What else? Follow it on social media. And then what? They could share it with every single person they know. Thanks, Ant. You can go back to your corner now. Bye. Three things that make you feel like the shit. Achieving an intended goal. Okay. Now, my intentions are, are not like, I want to get this car, even though that was one. Mm. And I do feel like the shit for that. <laughs> um, usually, it's when I'm creating something, I'll put in an intention that is so, like, specific. Mm. And I never, well, I do believe that it can happen, but I never know that it's going to happen. So... I'll write a song and in the process of writing, I'll be like, I want people to feel this way or think about this. And when I hear somebody say, oh, I was listening to this song and it reminded me of this thing. Wow. Well, shit then, I'm not <laughs> sort of right. That to me is achieving major goals. Like, yeah. I know we need to get money in life, houses and stuff like that. Yes, I'd love those things and I do want those things. But when I've really achieved something like that, that mm. nobody knew that I intended for people to yeah. get from a song, I'm the shit. I've done that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's like being just understood, isn't it? Like... I guess so. Yeah. But ah, okay. The best way to describe it is there was once. Okay, there's a few songs. One song I started talking about relativity, Mm. string theory, and I did it in terms of speaking of taking chances. Mm -hmm. And so I try and like link things really randomly in that way. And somebody quoted one of the lyrics and goes, "Oh, nice reference to string theory there." I was like, "Okay." Um, in the other song, I remember I, I wrote a song about I wanted to write a song that would make people in that brink of breaking up in a relationship decide that they actually want to try because wow. it always becomes this miscommunication and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so while writing the song, all I'm thinking of is the achievement. Some which we're gonna try, we're gonna try. Yeah. And I remember the song hasn't been released, but was performing it just in in a student flat. Like if, amongst some friends, mm-hmm. and afterwards, the guy speaking to me outside is like, "Oh man, me and my girl, you know, we're going through this, we're going through that. I just want to go to the club and find some gal, and you know, just this and that. He just wanted to end it, and I was, yeah. he was like, but he felt the need to talk to me about it after hearing us perform this song. Bearing in mind, this is the first time he's met me, wow. maybe the second. The first time yeah. he met me was just like, yeah, well, I'll go on type thing, mm-hmm. and then second time we, we're talking this deep. And so um, he asked us to perform the song again and videoed it and sent it to his partner. 
And I remember like maybe a month or so later, we're doing an open mic and I've seen him and his partner together. No and she's come up to me and gone, oh, that, this is my favourite song. Whoa. Me and my partner were going through stuff and he sent me this and says, I really want to try. And, you know, we're here. And oh my God. we've broken up since. <laughs> but Is that because you wrote a breakup song? That they, that they saw? The intention was achieved and it made wow. me realise, like... If I set a goal in that type of way and I put pure intention behind something, I can achieve anything. Mm. And with that power, I have to behave responsibly. Otherwise, Absolutely. You I could start wars. Yeah. <laughs> Take over the world real quick. <laughs> um, well, that kind of goes back to that thing that you were saying about being a creative is putting things into language or music that other people can't articulate. Yes. And like how amazing for him. I feel it sometimes where people just feel like they are more close to you or know you better because of the work that I've put out and they have this need to share things with me sometimes that I don't think they talk to other people about but it's because they in that moment feel quite understood yeah and you you've given them something tangible as well because I think a lot of people are like feeling things but not quite sure how to like grasp it and actually with like a song or with lyrics or with poetry it's giving them something tangible to a feeling that they can take away with them yeah exactly exactly yeah and the thing is like language itself is a limitation Mm. it gives you some but it is limited especially when there's a country that has like 15 words for love or something like that wow and so we're here using limited words just to describe love how do we then portray how we feel about things there's times when we feel something and the only way to describe it is just to go and that's it (laughs) (laughs) that's the only way to describe that feeling yeah and so you know non-verbally through arts as in paintings or through dance or through acting like you have to put so much into your acting to really portray something and it's it's beyond just the words alone the words are just lines that you have to remember and portray but if you put the emotion behind it that's when you're truly communicating yeah yeah, I remember um, when I was at drama school, my movement teacher said to us, because um, I think we were talking about musical theatre, yeah. and he was like, sometimes, you know, when words aren't enough, you have to sing, you have to sing it. And then if singing isn't enough, you have to dance. <laughs> and that's like the impetus behind th- that thing. But it's that like to communicate the emotion, like when you're feeling such like heights of emotion, you just have to dance sometimes because it's the only way that you can communicate it to someone. I've always kind of loved that. A little like uh, dance routine. I'm going to um, try that one day. <laughs> like, when I'm feeling an intense amount of emotion, I'm just going to start dancing. <laughs> Remember yeah. the crump style dancing? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in an argument and go into crump. <laughs> Am I allowed to talk about drugs? Yeah. I was once on mushrooms, only a small mm-hmm. amount. But um, I remember coming home and having a crump battle with my PC because it wouldn't start up. (laughs) (laughs) By the end of it, it was working, so I won the battle. (laughs) Shout out to shrooms there. Um, Okay, two more things that make you feel like this shit. Um, Making my family feel joy. Mm -hmm. Like if we take them out or anything like that and they're just buzzing from having a good day and like, yeah. Yeah. That's us. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes the little shits are ungrateful and you've just finished <laughs> taking them out and they're like, can we do this? And we're like, I thought we'd just done that. Yeah. And now it's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They can equally take it away just as fast as the feeling <laughs> arrives. Oh my God. How old are your but, kids now? Uh, my eldest is 12 and my youngest mm-hmm. is seven. Wow. Yeah. That's like 
full on people like yeah. they can talk and everything. Yeah. yeah. It gets real, man. You realize like <laughs> shit, these this is life. These are these are living things. Yeah, yeah. Me and their mom just did a little bit of hanky panking and <laughs> life came out of it. But yeah. As much <laughs> as scary as it is, it's really inspiring as well. Do you feel like, like you learn from them? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. A hell of a lot. Like just watching how they figure things out was the best times of my life when they were little wow. toddlers that's my really? favorite time when they're just newborn they're, they're kind of boring they're just yeah, crying and all potato. that stuff you wake up at night you put them back to sleep when they're able to start crawling and adventure mm. and all that sort of stuff <laughs> that are oh, it's the most fascinating i'll just watch them for hours wow yeah okay so one more thing that makes you feel like the shit games games i'm a i'm a I non- fucking com- love games yeah, yeah i'm a non-competitive competitor so i like to (laughs) i just love games as a social activity yeah if i'm winning (laughs) you're gonna know about it (laughs) what what kind of games are you talking about um so the the combination i like sports i like to play Mm -hmm. basketball with my friends Mm -hmm. uh i like skating Mm i i ride all the unorthodox skateboards so i've got a snake hold on a second yeah, get up. Got a snake board. Which what is the he- I have never seen that before in my life. They were the about in the 90s. They were called Sidewinders or snake okay. boards. These move right. like really cool. And I like zipping around on one of these. And then um, I've recently been given. Uh, shouldn't have thrown it. Oops. I've recently been given <laughs> a mic? surf skate, which <laughs> is, surf I haven't skate. been surfing, but it's like surfing on concrete, which is really wow, cool. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. I made the mistake of trying to drop in on a ramp on one though, and I, I nearly broke everything. Jesus, um, careful. Yeah, there's a video on Instagram if anyone wants to see that for their own pleasure. <laughs> um, I also like video games a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that. I'm not the typical just shooter games type of person. There's only like two shooter games that I play. I like the nerdy games. Like what? Um, There's a game called Age of Empires, a very old Command and Conquer type game. Wow. Um, There's a game called League of Legends. I'm going to get a lot of judgment for saying that, but I like playing League of Legends. Um, (laughs) There's a game called Phasmophobia. What is that? That is, you remember the... I don't know what channel it was, but the, if he was up late, there's a channel on TV where the ghost hunting and it's just random people walking into a oh, yeah. haunted area. The camera's always got the night vision on it. Like, oh, <laughs> Green. It spoke to me. <laughs> Did you hear it? <laughs> there is a game just like that. And we play it with friends and I swear down, we get shit scared so many times. Oh my God. But it's just awesome. I like the experience. I like the social aspect of having a reason to laugh. And so whatever game brings that out in the moment is usually what I go for, Mm -hmm. which is probably why I don't play many shooters because everyone just starts raging and gets overly focused on it. And then I I lose the joy. Yeah. Would you play like board games? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scrabble. I'm very bad at chess. We're in it. We're playing a chess league at the moment, and I've drawn once to someone who was equally as bad as me, and I've <laughs> lost every other game. Oh my god! I actually lost hard. one game in less than a minute to my brother. Wow, that's got to be a record. <laughs> yeah, I'm very annoyed about that because I introduced him to chess. I bought him a chess board uh, for Christmas, and he was like, "Oh, what you got me this for, man?" Type of energy, like I ain't gonna play this. Then one day, maybe six months later, once he's finally tried it, it's like, "Yo." Let's play chess. And we played. <laughs> it was still at the learning phase, so I was yeah. playing all right. I still don't know how to uh-huh. finish a chess match, so I, was, I pretended that I was good. 
and forfeit. I've really got in his head. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so ever since he's been playing nonstop. Oh my god! To the point where he beat me in a minute. And have so, you got it? Have you got it like on your phone? Is that how you? Yeah, doing? yeah. We're yeah, yeah. connected on the phone. We've got wow. a WhatsApp group chat. Oh my god! It's <laughs> like it's like a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, what other boy? Ooh, have you heard of Boulder Dash? I have, but I've never played it. Is it good? Oh my gosh, play Boulder Dash. Yeah. You can play it with any ages uh-huh. and have so much fun. I've laughed tears. I've laughed until my <laughs> facial muscles are sore, like I've been in a gym session. Oh my God. I highly recommend playing Boulder Dash. Uh, it's about eight games. players and you just catch fun. Yeah. Very good. I think like the best days of my life are just with friends playing stupid games. Yeah. But it's that thing of being a kid again, isn't it? It's like just joy. Yeah. I think it's interesting because like adulting is just work every day, mm. get a little bit of entertainment and then go to sleep to work again. Yeah. But in reality, we all just want to be as free as and expressive as possible. Yeah. And I'm about to take it real. I don't know if this is considered conspiracy, but we've developed AI, which could technically do all the work we need to do. Mm-hmm. But it's out there having fun. <laughs> <laughs> There's AI that learns games. There's AI that's doing art. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still working five jobs that's... in a row. <laughs> wow. That is a hot take. To yeah. Be fair. Yeah, I've heard some people who are a bit more optimistic about AI saying that like hopefully it can take over all the boring jobs and then we can just lead more creative lives. Well, yeah, ideally. I have seen yeah. that they've got things like AI that does farming, which scans the land and puts wow. pesticide where pesticide is needed, fertilizer where fertilizer is mm-hmm. needed. Those things to me are genius. But humans with technology always figure out the worst ways to use it. And so there's so many areas that we don't need it for that Mm. seems to be dominating right now. Yeah. Like essays. (laughs) What's going to happen to our education? (laughs) Oh my God, out the window. Oh man. It's mad. I'm interested to see what happens. I no longer feel threatened as a musician though. That's how I felt at the start. What's changed? Well, people will not be satisfied by a robot giving them vibes. Let's just put it that way. Like you said, the best time is spent with friends and doing this and that. If I'm going to be out and performing and all that sort of stuff, people are going to connect to that and have a joyous moment from that. A machine can't replicate vibes. What they will be able to do, I reckon, which will kind of take over the stream inside of things, Mm. is create music to moods and they'll be able to just generate music as and when someone wants it, like, oh, I'm in the mood for something to like this. Yeah. Fair enough. Let AI do that. If people want to pay into that, then they can have mm. that. But I think people will still want to have a personal experience with yeah. someone that they've connected to on a yeah. personal level. Yeah. What the fuck's actually going to happen? Once everybody's jobs are replaced, like, what are we going to be doing? Well, that's it. Idealistic people who I've spoken to have said that maybe, like, everyone would get, like, a universal living wage and then we can all just, like, do creative endeavours and then, like, less optimistic people are like, it's the end of humanity. I don't know. It's scary, isn't it? Like, this is, like, the next, you know, we had the Industrial Revolution and this kind of feels like the next kind of technological revolution of like what the fuck is going to happen to humans i was having a conversation last night about this actually in terms of what jobs i think would still exist or be needed yeah and i think my theory is that everyone should be a chef 
because a computer can't taste things. Like it might be able to like draw in an old recipe, but like yeah. if it's like trying to create like a new flavor, like it won't be able to taste it to tell if it tastes any good. Technically, AI isn't capable of creating anything new, is it? Because it's well, exactly. only able to learn and recreate. Yeah, exactly. So that, but also I think like teaching or like jobs that need nuance in terms of like reading people emotionally. I don't feel like a computer will be able to do that. They're like, trying to. Oh. <laughs> But like, because obviously, like, we can have a conversation and you could yeah. be saying something, but I could see in your eyes or like I could read your face or read the things around the words that you're saying. Like, is a computer going to be able to do that? Yes. I don't Faster want it. Faster than a human. No. Let's just give up. I'll just hand in this podcast to AI and fuck off, basically. Um, something that makes you lose your shit in a positive and a negative way. Okay. Something that makes me lose my shit is a baseline. A baseline. Heavy baseline. I'll go crazy. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's in my DNA, <laughs> but baselines, that's mm. it. I'm, I'm going wild over yeah, a yeah, baseline yeah, yeah. in a tune. What's like your favorite baseline in a song? Can you think of one? No, I can't actually. Put you on the spot to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prove usually, it. <laughs> usually it's just a moment that takes me away. Like yeah. when someone sequenced the song really good, and that bass comes in, it's got to take you by surprise to the point where you've almost gasping for breath because that moment you wasn't wow. expecting and stuff. When I hear something like that happen, uh, yeah, I'll start mm. shouting for a while. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just for no shouting. reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and a negative way? I'm quite a volcano of a person. Mm-hmm. And so for many, many years, I remained dormant and... I get my buttons pushed and I think it will be something completely unrelated that will make me lose my shit. <laughs> so Yeah, but it's just but, been like yeah. pressed down, the repression. Yeah, it's the unfortunate moment of whatever was there at the time mm. that I'm ready to explode. <laughs> and it takes me a while to realise, oh, it was all of these yeah, things yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of this thing. But uh-huh. thankfully, it takes a long time for me to get to that stage. So once and... every 75 years, like... For <laughs> <two years>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a, a very interesting example. I was at home. I don't think he wanted any, but my brother was at the house. We had crumpets. I just put a crumpet on. <laughs> and I made sure he knew that he wasn't allowed to have this crumpet because I was once maybe seven and I made a crumpet, I buttered it, I took it back out and re-buttered it. I made it the juiciest crumpet <laughs> ever known to humanity. And him and um, our stepfather's son at the time was, we were all making breakfast or lunch or something. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, you can't have this one. I was like, what do you, what do you I've, been, I've been planning this crumpet. <laughs> They, they ate my crumpet and said I couldn't have no. it. So I ate that crumpet and made him watch with tears streaming down my face <laughs> in di- a diabolical, maniacal laughter. <laughs> and that was probably last year. Wow. Wow. And you'd been sitting on that for a good few years. Sitting on that. For oh my time. God. <laughs> wow. God, I'd hate to piss you off and then like <gasps> be waiting for like 20 years until <laughs> when you least expect it. <laughs> a moment that you found some shit out about yourself. I guess when I was depressed, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I'm stronger than I thought and 
that's yeah I can take on a lot more than I thought and that I can yeah. achieve things that I set my mind to in ways that I didn't imagine mm, that's really great yeah yeah okay shittest piece of advice you received mm-hmm. uh outside of music it would be like relationship advice mm. and yeah I've been given some bad advice for that not terrible advice mm. advice that would work in one way but not benefit everybody involved if that makes sense it's so so hard when you get advice about relationships because only the two people in the relationship actually know the truth yeah exactly so like you can you can go to people for their opinions but ultimately like it really has to come from yourself yep and usually that person's single so what kind of (laughs) advice should i be taking (laughs) that is so true that is so true Mm. okay shit you wish you'd known sooner that nobody cares Mm mm-hmm um, it took again being at my lowest point, and I remember I was talking to one of my best friends called Jason. He's an actor as well, mm-hmm. and I remember I was just at this point I thought that I was failing at everything. I would let everybody down and all this sort of stuff. And he was just trying to give me just little things that I could do to get better or progress somehow in the situation yeah. that I was in. And I was like, "But why if I mess it up or what if I don't do it?" And he's like, "It just laughed and says I don't care, you know." Yeah, and I was a Best thing I ever heard. I was like, it was a relief. There was no yeah, pressure. And I think people else. caring one puts pressure on you. Yeah. And people caring two puts expect gives you expectations of people. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, that's kind of the I need to get my shit together message that nobody mm. cares. Nobody yeah. cares for the good things or the bad things. It's equal both ways. Yeah. And it's Which like no one's thinking about you as no one's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Especially when things like anxiety kicks in, and I'm thinking, mm. is this person thinking this or that? No, they don't yeah, care. Yeah. They do not care. Yeah. And then they're thinking about people, themselves. Yeah. Like, when people think it towards me in situations, like I don't, I don't care. I try mm. and get to that point where they realize that I don't care as quickly as possible, so that something's diffused yeah. and we can just continue doing the shit we do because I think you know overthinking things like that which I'm a massive overthinker Mm. slows everything down and I I ain't got time to to not have time (laughs) okay we're now at the point of the shit shot shot. a photo that to the outside eye looks like you had your shit together but at the time it was taken you definitely didn't so this picture is taken (gasps) from a so far sounds performance. That's such a great photo. It's a lovely photo. Yeah. And um, it was so in a library somewhere yeah. in London. Uh-huh. And it was during the time so far sounds had actually given me an apartment for a month. I just had an apartment to live in. No for free. way. Yep. So on the outside, I'm doing the i'm doing things like i got an apartment yeah. for free i'm living out That's in london yeah. i've got a film that was a film so far sounds geek that wow. i think has done quite well i'm not sure yeah and so on the outside it's like this guy's made it but mm. in reality i was still broke and mm. i was supposed to be at college this is the the big thing so after lockdown there was the whole emphasis on creativity going to the back burner and everyone needing to retrain. And so I decided to take on an electrician course. 
Oh, wow. And I'd finished my first year. And then the second year, because I'd already had a degree and all that stuff, I was overqualified to get it for free. And it was going to cost me like two and a half grand. Oh, my God. <laughs> I ain't got that money for nothing. Yeah. So I didn't take a year. But then um, they randomly threw it in for free again. And so I quickly leaped at the opportunity. Oh, wow. Um, and obviously, you know, courses start in September. I was given this apartment in October. And so it was like the choice of go to college or do this. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I can do both somehow. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Oh my God. And I was very, very behind on college work. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was dragging equipment all up around London, up and down, like oh carrying God. far more than a person should. Wow. And like, it meant that my journeys would take longer because everything's Shit. dropping all over the place. <laughs> um, what else was going on? I don't know if I could say this because it might make people look bad, but the apartment that I was in was flooding slowly. <gasps> no. And it took quite a long time to realise. like <laughs> When it was up to your neck. <laughs> <laughs> there was an, I had a bed and there was an airbed for guests. And uh-huh. one day I've lifted up the airbed and it was just soaked underneath no and I even said to one of my guests yo how much sweating do you do at night <laughs> rude <laughs> and um eventually I realized that it was a leak because oh I pulled out the bed that I was on and the, there was water yeah. just loads of water underneath I think it was coming from the the radiators or something oh my god but progressively it was spreading to the point where it nearly got onto my electrical equipment and so mm. they had to move me out into a really, really swanky apartment after that. That was in Elephant Sorry. and Castle. In oh, some very tall nice. block, tall tower block flats. Yeah. With a big view over London. I was only there for two days. <laughs> and so I was a bit I was a bit jealous because I knew mm. whoever was getting the artist residency after me was gonna go straight to the nice one. I was just like, oh. oh. But yeah, it was wow. an amazing experience. But yeah. at the same time, I was chaos behind the scenes yeah lots yeah. of chaos and i was just letting it happen there's a picture of a dog that sat a cartoon dog sat in a room that's on fire and i think <laughs> the dog saying this is fine have you ever seen it that this was me funny. <laughs> <laughs> did you have the hat as well yeah <laughs> the little top part yeah during that time i had no clue what i was doing or trying to do and mm. I was coasting in a, in a in a room that was not on fire but was flooding. Yeah. And so, yeah, I remember on the outside people would message me like, "Oh, you're doing really well on wow. this and that." I'm like, "Little do you fucking know." <laughs> With your bucket out the window trying to get rid of the water. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a good one. Thanks for sharing that. Um, okay, so Nathan, aka anyone the wanderer, have you got your shit together? Nearly. um i'd say yeah there's i don't think anyone ever truly has all their shit together and so i've yeah i've got some shit in a bag some in the toilet (laughs) uh some in the bed somewhere it needs to be (laughs) yeah somewhere it needs to be (laughs) (laughs) some off some motorway on the way to london when you popped in That story wasn't about me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's been so nice chatting to you. It's been nice chatting to you as well. I love how you allow people to just be so open and vulnerable in these situations. Thank you. It's in the name, isn't it? It takes away formality. Yeah, I think it is. That's the point. I want people to just feel like they can talk about... 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This podcast is produced by Ant Hickman. The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together. Now and then I'm just a little bit low. I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you.